Welcome to Uninterrupted. We're on a mission to unlearn and learn about all things fashion, retail and tech from the best in the industries. Hop on and be part of our journey as we unleash these gems for you. This podcast has been presented by Mira.com, a global augmented reality technology platform revolutionizing the way people shop via their seamless virtual try-ons. Now available for jewelry, eyewear and watches. Today, I'm in conversation with an entrepreneur disrupting the Indian jewelry space. She grew up learning the ins and outs of a jewelry business, went on to establishing a successful one herself, and is all set to revolutionize the space with her brand, Pipa Bella. This is the first ever jewelry-associated conversation we're having on Uninterrupted, and I'm elated to be chatting with Shuchi Pandya. Shuchi, welcome to Uninterrupted, and I'm very excited to chat with you about the changing face of the gems and jewelry industry in the country. Thank you so much, Samriti. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Before we dive into the industry, I'd like to chat about your brand, Pipa Bella, that has established itself as one of the most successful online businesses in a fairly traditional industry. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the inception of the brand. Sure. So, you know, uh, Samadhi, as you mentioned, I come from a family of jewelers. And uh, for me, I always thought that the traditional jewelry industry was uh, phasing out, you know, with the sort of um, infusion of new luxury products, uh, even technology. Uh, women were just not necessarily looking at jewelry as such an um, important priority in their, uh, in their disposable income. Uh, you know, so they were uh, looking more at jewelry as a versatile option that they could wear with a variety of different uh, outfits. You know, it was something that they can um, mix and match from, say, a day to a night. Uh, and, and most importantly, it would have to be something that was good quality and also affordable. You know, so those are the kind of trends that I was observing while I was in this, you know, very immersely deep into this traditional uh, jewelry sector. And at the same time, I also felt that e-commerce online was becoming a very uh, lucrative way to reach out to as many women as possible. Because uh, I think just with uh, the kind of high capex costs that are involved in setting up shops, you know, even just otherwise uh, trying to reach out to women in tier two cities uh, without having an online presence in today's age is pretty much, uh, you know, an expensive affair. So that's why I think uh, e-commerce and and becoming this D2C brand was uh, very paramount in our distribution method, which is how honestly merging these two uh, interests of wanting to provide women with affordable, good quality jewelry that is versatile and has a good design element to it and being able to reach out to as many women as possible, you know, really expand into uh, as many geographies as possible. That was the biggest motivation behind starting Pippa Bella as an e-commerce brand. From there to now, you know, it's been over eight years. Um, The industry on the whole has moved towards a more digital approach. Has your brand philosophy also kind of changed or evolved over time? Uh, So I would say that our brand philosophy has remained the same over the last eight years in the sense that the core essence of our brand is still that we are targeting women who are, you know, aspirational, you know, they're urban working uh, class women, they uh, earn their own money, so you know, they, they, they're they able to make their own purchase decisions, they're social media savvy. And jewelry for us has always been about allowing a woman to express herself in the way that she wants, you know. And that was also the core um, philosophy behind the name Pippa Bella. Because Pippa actually is a Spanish word for someone who's very bubbly, very spontaneous, very adventurous. Um, and that's, you know, a side of a personality, right? 
uh, it's a type of personality and we all know someone who we can describe as a pippa on the other hand you know bella is an italian word for someone who's very classic who's very dainty and you know she has a very you know very simple minimalistic type of uh, aesthetic uh, and again you know that's a personality type you know we all know women who have that kind of a personality or design aesthetic so mm-hmm. the idea was really allowing pippa bella to be that synthesis between a a wide range of personalities of uh you know design aesthetics of how you want to express yourself and to me at least that is what jewelry is about so that brand philosophy hasn't really changed uh in fact it's grown it's it's uh you know it's become even more prominent in in the uh last few years that we've introduced new categories and new uh new products and new supply chains but of course in in the sense that you know we have evolved as a brand in terms of the kind of distribution channels we look at or uh, you know the kind of messaging we give and the kind of communication we do with the customers right uh, on the similar lines of what you just said i feel like india has also kind of grown into believing that you know even a single statement piece can kind of do it all right um with the growing rise of minimalism as a concept how is the fashion jewelry market and you as a brand responding to this belief You know I actually think there are some really great uh, minimalist brands out there and so the way we thought about it was that we felt that rather than us looking at just our designs why don't we partner with some designers who do minimalist designs right and uh, that's exactly what we went ahead and did in fact in december we launched a designer edit you know with with a designer based out of chandigarh and she does a lot of minimalist designs very simple uh, geometric lines circles with very classic kind of materials that are used in the design so really simple and very elegant and we've seen such a tremendous response for that and i really think that there's some very niche creative designers coming out of the ecosystem who are able to cater to this minimalist uh, approach you know to be honest minimalist uh, designs are also from a supply chain and manufacturing perspective easier to make right and easier to scale up with uh do you think designs are also something that you would call the usp of the brand absolutely uh design is the basic core of uh, what we do it's it's what we are known for um, you know and uh, there are a lot of other brands out there who you know are able to do costume jewelry or imitation jewelry but the kind of design philosophy and the design signature that we have built for ourselves is very unique you know we hope to be able to take that even across other categories that we that we look to expand into yeah i absolutely love the quality you know um the fab part is that You know what I actually saw online was also what kind of came through. Right. So tell me what is the secret to that? Like how do you guys kind of like manage to communicate that message through and through? So I think it all stems from our uh, brand philosophy, right? Which uh, essentially states that, you know, we believe that women every woman should be able to express herself with well designed affordable products good quality and good design are pretty much at the at the core of what we do and it's not just about you know giving the product to a designer and saying you know he manufactured this in the best way possible right it's actually ingrained in every single employee so for example even my office runner who is uh, you know collecting products from a manufacturer and delivering it to the warehouse before he delivers it to the warehouse you know while he's at the manufacturer he has been trained in doing a quality check 
he does the quality check and then only brings it into the warehouse and every single person including my customer service team are trained in quality control and i think that is what has led to you know a positive feedback it really just comes down to how you permeate that philosophy into your everyday operations that's fab i think especially for brands that are kind of just starting out that that's really great advice right are there more tips that you can maybe share for someone who's trying to set up like a homegrown jewelry brand think with jewelry uh, i think a lot of people you know make a mistake of thinking that uh, you know a jewelry brand has to only fit a certain type of a customer base or a certain type of a design aesthetic right i think that when you're thinking about Uh, brand i think the first question you have to ask yourself is who are you targeting and i think that that has to be a large enough number that you can scale it up you know otherwise it will always remain a very small scale you know business or brand and i think it should be something that can appeal to as many women as possible yeah that makes sense okay so if i talk about the business side of things um you raised funding very very early on in the business how did that kind of help aid the growth of your business funding is a very um, there's a gray zone on funding you know I, I, on one hand i feel that you know startups can really scale up with funding because it brings a lot of structure and organization in the company for example we were able to put a lot of systems in place because of funding we were uh, able to hire a really good team and so all of these are you know big pluses in in my, in my mind uh, you know you can you can actually grow and scale up very quickly on the cons i would say it's the fact that you know you have to be really prepared and ready to have somebody else on your board right uh, and and a lot of times the people who are investing in your company may not necessarily know what it is that you know you do or may not know exactly how you run your business and may not always necessarily share the same vision I was very fortunate in that every investor that I've had on my cap table has trusted me 100% and have always uh, supported every decision I've made but that's not always the case you know so uh, when you are looking at getting funding it's very important to think about it as a marriage between two individuals right and is there a is there a match you know in the kind of philosophy and the kind of approach that you should take uh, because otherwise it can end up being very difficult and challenging for a founder or an entrepreneur to navigate not just running the business but also managing um, an investor Fair enough. I think I've also seen that run through our company, also because we're like a funded right. company. I've seen how much of a difference, you know, the fact that a good investor can make to your business, where you know they know you, they trust you, they got your back, but they let right. you do your thing. Okay. I feel like you know, till the world isn't COVID-free, I feel like no conversation <laughs> can be COVID-free either. So while traditional businesses were severely hit. last year online businesses still kind of sale through um you know since your e-store was always open to your consumer obviously you know manufacturing was hit delivery was hit and so on and so forth but how did the last year kind of look for your brand so of course jewelry was not an essential product you know and i think that uh, in general you know people were not necessarily looking at buying jewelry especially in the first few months of the lockdown right the focus was largely on 
which is getting essential products. However, by about July, you know, when we started seeing occasions and festivals uh, start, you know, like for example, Raksha Bandhan uh, in July kind of kicked off the whole festive season. We started seeing a big uptick in uh, in the brand again. And uh, also, we you know, we've actually, you know, grown significantly in the last seven to eight months. But uh, more importantly, uh, what has been interesting for us is we've seen a change in the consumer uh, demand as well, right? So before, a lot of times women were buying jewelry for a day wear or for, uh, you know, night wear as well, or party wear. And now what we're seeing is a lot of gifting coming into the foray, you know, where, because I think people are so far away from each other and they haven't seen their friends or family in so long that gifting has become an, a way for them to you know, show their um, affection, show their emotions and show their appreciation for someone else. And so we've actually seen an uptake in that category. Uh, you know, and in fact, what's been really interesting as well for us has been that while, you know, we've always been this, uh, you know, very women-centric brand, because of gifting, uh, we've actually seen a lot of, you know, men coming to our website as well to want to buy gifts. So, in fact, even our uh, targeting has shifted towards men because of that, you know, and we've now got about almost 25% of our customers who are men who are buying jewelry as gifts. Uh, in fact, we're now almost thinking of starting a men's range of jewelry because, uh, you know, we have this captive audience and, uh, you know, it might be a lucrative way to rope them in as well. Fair. That's also really sweet, I feel. And I think also with Valentine's Day coming, maybe that's also something that might just like sure, you know, take yeah, the gifting exactly, bit up. Exactly. Okay. I was reading an article yesterday that said that, you know, India is actually the second largest manufacturer of fashion jewelry after China and the growth rates are going to remain right. fairly high. What is your take on the fashion jewelry industry in the country right now? Uh, my take is that it's a fragmented industry. There are a lot of players. Uh, organized retail is only about 2% of the entire industry. So there is still a lot of opportunity to make uh, and to create brands within the uh, within the industry. But that being said, I think it's growing at an extremely fast rate. Like you said, it's poised to grow uh, almost at about a 25-30% CAGR over the next five years, which is, um, you know, a, a very uh, robust growth for any category. Uh, a lot more brands are going to come out of this space. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see new types of designs and new types of distribution channels come to play. Has the lockdown kind of impacted that? Do you think a lot more like online fashion jewelry businesses have come out of the lockdown? Uh, yeah, uh, I think in general, not just for jewelry, but I think in general, a lot of traditional players have built e-commerce websites and have started focusing on their online play. And I think that's a good thing because the more brands there are for the consumers to choose from, the better it is, right? Fair enough. Should you like, you might already be knowing this. Mirar is an augmented reality technology platform that enables virtual try-ons for jewelry. Um, we have seen some phenomenal results come out for our clients in terms of um, you know, increased sales, increased engagement, reduced return rates. There's so much that happens when you integrate technology into your business model. And especially right now, you know, technology in terms of, say, AR filters, etc. So much is seeping in even on platforms like Instagram and Facebook. What is your take on the role of immersive technologies in the jewelry space? I think that, you know, immersive technologies will play an important role. And I think that obviously COVID and the pandemic has changed, you know, consumer behavior in terms of their purchase, right, purchase behavior. Um, and I think that, for example, a, a company like yourself, like Mirar, where you offer augmented reality 
options for customers to be able to see what a product looks like. You know, back in the day, probably three, four years ago, I would have said, you know, this technology is is too young. It's too early for brands or consumers to adopt it. But I don't think there's a better time than now for for something like that. You know, because of the pandemic, I think structural changes and structural shifts have happened in the way people shop. These kind of technologies really help brands position themselves to the customers in a more relevant way. And I think for customers also to be able to shop with ease from the comforts of their home without having to worry about exposing themselves etc great 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 okay um okay i'm now going to move to the next section of our conversation which is called high five it's a rapid fire round it's it's a very quick one five questions and we'll be good to go okay what is the one hard no for pipa bella as a brand you know honestly i don't think we have any no uh, i don't believe in saying never because uh, we've we've done you know so many different things that sometimes you know even we've surprised ourselves with the kind of things that we've done and i don't think thing one should you know create any boundaries when it comes to creativity so i honestly say nothing fair okay is there a jewelry photography tip that always comes in handy oh this is a good question i think that jewelry always shines gold jewelry always shines on or or stands out more on a darker background so that's always something that i mean that brands should uh, try to follow right i think yeah we've seen that a lot with our photography as well because we need to like digitize people's inventory so yeah that's a really good point okay what is the one thing on your checklist that you should always think about before you pick an influencer to promote your jewelry brand okay good question uh, i think that you know brands just like influencers tell a story right uh, and there's uh, you know a certain type of signature style signature design signature that both a brand and an influencer share so it's important that they share that same design signature you know so for pippa bella when we're looking at influencers we're looking at women who are Uh, edgy strong personality where they express themselves in very unique ways because that is the core design philosophy of the pavela okay what are the two global fashion jewelry brands that you look up to okay uh so personally i love tiffany's uh, i i've just always loved their uh, marketing campaigns i think they just do a fabulous job uh, and i think they've just built this iconic brand um that has lasted through so many generations and uh, there's another brand which is a, also a pretty well known brand in the us but a brand that i really look up to because of the kind of social messaging which they do which is a brand called kendra scott they um do a lot yeah. of uh, philanthropy work um you know which is linked to the brand and they have a strong social message uh, which you know really appeals to me Yeah both the brands are truly iconic. Okay what is your favorite collection that you've launched till date or what is the one collection that you always recommend to other people? Oh I have so many I don't know if I can pick one. <laughs> But I think my favorite one probably the one that I keep wearing is this shell collection we did a year and a half ago which was uh, basically a summer collection. Okay perfect. Um Shruti thank you so much this was a fab conversation. I'm very very happy that you know our first jewelry conversation was with you. Thank you so thank much you for so doing much, this Sinead. and taking the time out. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. For everyone who tuned in today, thank you so much for taking the time out and listening to our conversation. If this conversation struck a chord with you, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share this with your friends and family. If you have a take on the topic we discussed or if you'd like to share some feedback, please feel free to write to me. I'm going to catch you next week with yet another uninterrupted conversation. Have a great evening ahead.